Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mover Nation, I had a friend who entered into a mental health crisis the other night, and it kind of threw my whole day off, but it got me thinking, I need to get back into therapy. So uh, let's get into it. Testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal trial. In- when I was 12 years old, my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother. This podcast serves as a type of therapy and reconciliation for myself. And it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Trauma. Mover Nation, welcome to the Wednesday Wrap. It has been a very, very stressful day, but not for anything that was really um, earth shattering, especially considering the state of chaos in the world. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Obsess Fest next week. I was trying to make some t-shirts. I mean, it's very silly. There was something that was stressing me out because I'm trying to get t-shirts made uh, and delivered. And um, there was something that was just really... Um, it was pressing. It's time. It was. It was a time issue. It was communicating with people, sorting things out, and um, but it really affected me, and uh, <laughs> it stressed me out. And um, but I was. Um, it got me thinking about what I was going to talk about today because I thought, well, I may not get into this. Uh, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about today. I, I, I do. I want to even talk about these things. And then I think about you guys, my audience, and I and I'm here to show up for you guys and to uh, unless of course I'm on an airplane and tomorrow I'm traveling so I won't have my Thursday. I may I may have my Thursday uh, live as well, but um, I might not. And next Thursday I certainly won't because I'll be on an airplane as well. But I'm here for you guys, and um, I started thinking just uh, about how yesterday was World Mental Health Day. About there's a lot of chaos going on right now, and I have my own personal like little little chaos. But I think I mentioned we were gonna have a uh, on Saturday we we're gonna have a channel members uh, meet and greet, and that ended up getting postponed till Sunday. I had a uh, I had a friend who entered a mental health crisis, and um, I was trying to help them out, and I um, I texted my therapist. I said. Um, you know, I messaged them to see if they could possibly help. And, you know, it's been, I noticed in the text messages, I had not had an interaction with them or a therapy session in like nine months. And that really got me thinking like, okay, here's World Mental Health Day <laughs> coming up yesterday. And Here's a friend who is uh, is having a crisis that I want to help. And where is my own housekeeping at, right? And what do those things look like for me? <laughs> and um, yeah, and I, I don't know if this is like an existential crisis sort of thing, but I guess a lot of things just sort of hit me, right? So we have obviously the horrific violence that is going on in Israel and in Gaza. 
no matter what side of the of the coin you are on or or what side you you are on i think we can all agree that horrific violence that affects families children um people it's it's horrific no matter whose side you're on um we're all on the side of humanity right and uh people's concern with that and you know i have i have friends on both sides and uh i have friends that are talking a lot about this and i am not uh i am i'm neither muslim or or jewish so i don't really have um i don't uh you know, I'm I'm just very middle of the road, but I see something like this and it affects me because I see as someone who grew up with very horrific violence, uh, we are, um, you know, we are all affected by this. No matter what happens, we are all affected by this. There's wars playing out across the world and um, yeah, these things affect us and it affects our mental health. And I, and I started thinking about the consumption of, news coverage on these things because obviously this dominates the airwaves there's a lot of finger pointing on both sides and not even on both sides but finger pointing in governments around the world and i started thinking well you know <laughs> time for me to get back into some therapy my friend had this mental health crisis i thought okay this is just some good timing so i want to talk about that a little bit kathleen welsh thank you so much your next evo naturals arrives and um, they are a sponsor of the program. And uh, yeah, Mover Nation, if you are looking to level up your CBD game, you have to check out Next Evo Naturals. I have been, you know, when I come under any sort of uh, anxious feelings or, or I'm stressed out or I'm having trouble sleeping, I go, my go-to is Next Evo Naturals Premium CBD. And not all premium CBDs are created equal. In fact, many major CBD brands only feature about 60% of what their labels promise. And it's like paying for the whole pizza when you're not even getting three slices. Now, I've been trying out Nextevo now for a couple of months, and it is the real deal, guys. And it has been helping me with my sleep. Obviously, Kathleen Welsh, you have purchased it. Hopefully, it helps with your sleep. I use their nighttime formula every night when I am feeling restless, anxious, uh, a little bit of anxiousness. And uh, it really, really helps me. And uh, especially in troubling times like this, the triple action CBD sleep is my go-to for feeling rested and energized throughout the day. Now you guys can check out Next Evo Naturals Premium CBD by clicking the link in the show notes and the description of today's episode. And you can enter code uh, MPT for 25% off which is very, very cool. And you can leave all your fall stress behind and upgrade your CBD to nextevo.com forward slash MPT and enter code MPT to get 25% off. That is nextevo, N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com forward slash MPT and use code MPT for 25% off your purchase. There we go. Sponsorship message. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've been considering a lot of what's going on and a lot of what is happening. And as a child, as someone who, and if you're new to the program, look, I am, 
Uh, I'm not a psychologist. I am not a lawyer. I am not a law enforcement person, but I am just someone, as you see in the intro, who's gone through, a, well, a lot of stuff. <laughs> and that informs my perspective on the world. And as someone who has, who grew up in uh, violence, uh, in the household nature of violence, I, um, uh, I abhor it. <laughs> in many ways. And even though I do talk a lot about true crime on this channel and we do, uh, and there's been some, some updates and some cases, which we'll get into a little bit later. And I'm sure you guys will comment in the show notes, but, uh, there is definitely, uh, you know, I, I think about how these things affect our mental health and has I move forward in this channel to make this channel what I really wanted to be and engage with you guys, my audience mover nation. I think about all of these things on like a, literally like on an hourly basis. Uh, and I'm out. So I'm out today and I'm walking my little dog, Marisol, who you guys all know. You've seen her. She's wonderful. She's downstairs causing trouble. I'm sure. Uh, she has, by the way, learned how to jump on the couch and also learned how to pull food off the coffee table. <laughs> Now, for those of you who don't know, Marisol is a six-pound chihuahua, and uh, but yes, she has big dog syndrome, and she definitely has become very bossy, too, and uh, we are now um, doing things like uh, I bring her into the bedroom in her little cage so she can join me, uh, and she doesn't keep me up at night because even though I'm knocked out from my, from my next Evo Naturals, she still barks, and I still hear it, and you, when you're kind of in that hazy sort of you know, you're, you're in that, uh, REM sleep phase and you're kind of like, you can hear things. You're like, I don't want to get up, but I have to get up. So now I've just brought her in the bedroom and she's much, she's much calmer, <laughs> which is, which is good. So we're evolving because she will be, uh, she will be a year old in about a month. So actually in exactly a month because she was born on 11, 11. So I'm out walking her today and I, and you know, this is obvious. I think we think about innocence in the world and you know, as a child, I had my innocence lost at a very early age, right? Um, I had 11 great years of, of somewhat of innocence. Um, even though I had a rocky sort of, sort of go with my father's abuse and, and, uh, towards both myself and my mother, I, I still was a pretty, and I'm still a very optimistic person. This isn't like to meant to be like a Debbie Downer. Uh, but this is meant to be a sort of, uh, what was the, what is the other word? Somebody said, um, uh, um, pessimistic Paul. I don't know. <laughs> Terrible Tim, something, somebody, uh, somebody mentioned something like that. Uh, um, negative Nancy, something Tim. I can't remember what it was, but, um, uh, I'm out walking Marisol and I'm just thinking about the innocence of just walking the dog and it's beautiful. I have nothing to complain about. Life is great. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. The sun is shining. It's very warm. And I'm thinking about how all of life's things are amazing around us. And even though there are parts of the world where that doesn't exist, and last week I spoke about uh, the docu-series um, Savior Complex and people's impact in, in the world with that in these organizations and helping children in Africa, et cetera, et cetera. But... I, uh, I thought, you know, we are really, really lucky and the dog doesn't know about these things. 
she's going around. She's just sniffing for a place to go potty and trying to like find a stick to pick up. I think she just barked too. She knows exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> she, uh, you know, she's just trying to, to move forward and, 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 you know, just, just figure out a good little potty spot. There, there we are. There's Marisol right there. Marisol, it's okay, sweetheart. Probably somebody from, from Amazon is delivering something because it's about three o'clock right now, 3.15 almost. And that seems to be the time that the Amazon people show up at my neighbor's door. So that's probably what's going on. But I think about little Marisol and it's just, you know, life is really simple and we make things so complicated. And I'm looking through news headlines, obviously, because I'm talk, going to talk about things that are, that are relevant and... Uh, and I, and I don't want to engage in, I, I don't really want to get into what's going on in the Middle East, but I will say this. I'm someone who abhors violence. It's a terrible, 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 terrible situation. And we can all agree with that because we're all members of humanity and these things are, are horrific and we don't like seeing them. But I think about our consumption of these things and I think about the, the waves in, in which these things come through the media and it's this, just this absolute re roller coaster. And why do we create this chaos? And, you know, there's a famous thing that says, you know, obviously when it bleeds, if it bleeds, it leads, right? And, uh, you know, we think about a, a lot of these news headlines pollute our consciousness on, a, on an hourly minute by minute basis. One of the things that I am... I'm trying to really wean myself off of is waking up in the morning. And, you know, again, yesterday, World Mental Health Day, this is all top of mind for me, is weaning myself off of the first thing I grab in the morning is this device here to check out what's going on. It, check emails, check uh, uh, text messages, check what, what have you, right? <laughs> and I think to myself, you know, we're so connected. Why don't we... Uh, you know, I need to disconnect. So I've got a little alarm clock and that's what I'm going to start using. I'm going to start putting the phone in the other room to disconnect from it because uh, it's, it's, it's something that you consume this immediately. <laughs> and, you know, you wake up from, from a wonderful, restful night's sleep, if you're in my case, uh, and you bombard yourself with, I don't want to say nonsense, but things can wait, I feel like. And uh, yes, doing life my way. Thank you so much. Pleased to have you here on the, on the, uh, on the live as well. Uh, I've been watching the trial of the father. Karen Fan says, I've been watching the trial that built a, quote, room in the garage for his teenage son that he locked from the outside. Some people are just, some, there are just some cruel people. Yeah, there are. And I think consuming ourselves with this is something that so we always have to check in with our mental health and take breaks. And, um, and my, my friend who I was speaking about earlier when the program started was going through a mental health crisis and they got out of their absolute flow of what they were, what their routine was. Right. And, and, and I think for myself and for trauma survivors, we all really, uh, we, I love being on a schedule. And when my routine gets messed with, um, it really, really does affect me. And I was, I think for throughout my, well, I mean, I'm firmly in my forties now, thirties, forties. Um, but I think throughout my twenties and thirties, 
I think in my 20s, I was in a good routine until the end of my 20s. And then I think I let chaos seep in in my 30s a lot of times. And I went in and out of, I dipped in and out of routines because I think ambition, and it still plagues me to this day, I do, I, I, I try to fight this because I realize that when you begin to break a routine, you go into a downward spiral. And so this had happened to my friend. They were saying, you know, oh, I got out of my routine of doing X, Y, and Z. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, and, and they were a very big advocate for, for their own mental health and for therapy. Uh, exercise is a big thing for them. And they, they got away from all of that. And they got into the hustle and bustle of life. That pulls us, it's the undertow, right? This is the undertow. The demands of life the chaos that surrounds that and that drags us in. And I feel like for trauma survivors, that is something we need. To, we are re- acutely aware of this, whether or not we want to acknowledge it is a whole other thing because um, a friend of mine said years ago, uh, and he was somebody who was in the program. He was a, he was a very serious alcoholic, but this is long before I knew him. Um, but I know he's had struggles in and out since, but, uh, you know, he had 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 lost a marriage over his drinking and had gotten himself very into uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and that program and was very, very regimented about this. And he said to me something that I, I will never forget because he saw me being very overwhelmed. And he said to me, you, you don't push the river. Meaning that you're on the river and the, if you're if you're on a river, right? And for those of you who have not been on a river, when you're on a river and you're in a boat or in a canoe or in a kayak uh, or in a small little, you know, little, you know, single, you know, propeller little boat, you're out fishing, right? The river can push you and the river is really going to push you wherever you want to go. I mean, you can paddle, but like if you get into rough waters, it's just going to take you and you just kind of have to ride it out. Sort of like being on an airplane. I think uh, for the longest time, I, I literally... Um, I literally, for years, had a massive difficulty flying. Not, not like it's super easy nowadays because I still get a little like, eh. I think it's more of the anxiety of getting through the airport and all these things. But I would be very, 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 um, I'd be very, very uh, nervous uh, at, you know, 35,000 feet when the plane would jostle a little bit and drop and I feel like, oh, you know, my head starts going, oh, we're going to go down and all that, which is utter, utter rubbish, right? In fact, turbulence is actually, you know, actually good for the plane because it shows that it's going to stay up. Like it, 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 you need turbulence to keep, you need resistance to keep the airplane up. But for the longest time, I didn't really rationalize that in my head. And I would think about, uh, uh, and I had to sort of come to two things, come to two literal conclusions, which is one is I'm not flying the plane. And I'm up there and 
I, I, I got no choice. I got no choice. I got on the ride. It's like I was on, um, I went to Halloween Horror Nights, which you guys, if you were in the Los Angeles area or if you were in the Orlando, Florida area, you need to check it out if you're a Halloween fan. It's amazing. Mazes, haunted houses, scary, scary. But they have Harry Potter World and we went on the, uh, like the hippo, hippopotamus r ride. And it was a, it was a roller coaster, but it was at night, so it was dark. Um, and it's a very benign roller coaster. And um, it was over before I even knew it. But I started thinking like, uh, and Tara was with me and she was having anxiety. She's like, oh, I think I mean, this might be scary. And I, so I started getting a little anxious in myself. And I, and I had to say to myself, you're in it now. You already made the commitment. You just got to ride through the storm. And when I think about mental health, it's the same thing. Don't push the river. You can't push the river. The river's pushing you. And we forget that a lot. I mean, I do. I mean, maybe you guys don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm the guy, uh, I'm the guy that I think has all the answers and maybe I have like none of them. But uh, for me, I, it is definitely something that I struggle with on a, a, a daily basis. Reminding myself, Collier, don't push the river. And don't involve and invite trouble and chaos into your life, uh, which is something that I've learned, I, I think, in my, <clears throat> in my older age. Uh, I have learned to do a little bit less of. I was watching a television show, a rerun of a television show a long time ago uh, from uh, 2014 called True Detective, which I really loved the first season with Woody Harrelson and, and Matthew McConaughey. And uh, there was drama. He was cheating on his wife, uh, Woody Harrelson's character, and, and had an affair. And um, Matthew McConaughey's character says, like, you should have known, like, you should have known that that was craziness that you didn't want to get involved in. Like, you're too old for this nonsense. And I think in my, as I get older, not that I was a philanderer, my father was a philanderer, but I started thinking about these things and uh, uh, the chaos that we invite into our own world. Uh, and again, I, you know, not to take everything back to my story or everything back to my father and his reign of destruction, but I was, I was doing an interview the other day on a podcast and they said, uh, we were talking about anger. Somebody said, are you, are you angry at your father? I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not angry at, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm angry. I, I'm, I'm most certainly angry about the decisions that he made and, and what he did to my mother and what he did to my family. I am really, of course, I'm always going to have anger with that. I've dealt with it in the best ways I can, but I'm always going to have issues with that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can't change that part of history, but I think the thing that, that makes me, Oh, this is, I'm sorry. This was from my therapy session yesterday. That's what it was. It wasn't an interview on a podcast. I'm thinking to myself, I said an interview on a podcast and somebody had asked me about this a while ago on a podcast. No, this was in my therapy session. I'm sorry. This was in my therapy session with Dr. Jaffe. And he said, are you angry at your father? Because I was talking about, and this is about my therapy session. I was talking about my father's relationship with my family and my father's age. He's 80 years old. I'm sort of coming to terms with all of that, that he is uh, much older now and he is incarcerated. And there is a thing that uh, uh, there is, you know, this sort of thing that's in the back of my head about his health and, and things of that nature and what's what that's going to look like. And 
obviously he's not going to live forever and um and how i'm going to reconcile all of that and, he, and my therapist said to me he said are you angry at him uh, for what he did and i said well of course like duh and he said but do you hold any anger and i said well i said the thing i think that i hold the most anger is is the chaos that he created for himself and we talk a lot about people being self-destructive or having self-destructive habits that's a whole other level because you know, and as I've discussed on this podcast many times before and on this channel is uh, there was no reason for my father to do what he did. Absolutely no reason. And I think when we look at a lot of these cases, right? So for example, the, uh, there was a hearing yesterday, uh, the Chad Daybell case, which is, which is now, which is slowly moving towards trial. I believe it, it is going to commence in April of next year of 2024, but they're doing preliminary hearings. A lot of them are uh, about you know, he wants cameras in the courtroom. Obviously the media wants cameras in the courtroom and they're talking about, uh, you know, how that's not how they, I don't believe the prosecution or the court wants that, or even the defense wants that. I think he wants that. Uh, and also like what, <clears throat> what that precedent will set for obviously the other upcoming large trial in the United States, which is the Coburger case, right? And the Coburger case is, uh, will that be televised? Because of course, every true crime creator, uh, every news network around the world is all looking at this going. They are salivating, chomping at the bit. Can it be like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial where we watch everything every single day and we get that? People are very excited about that. I think about it in a way of, do we really, uh, do we really, need to see all that. Do people really need to consume that? Um, yeah, this goes into my processing of true crime. And obviously you guys know, I talk about this a lot and uh, I talk about it on my podcast, survivor squad with Tara Newell, new episode drops tomorrow on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, uh, we have Roberta Blevins on the show tomorrow, by the way, who was one of the survivors of the Lula Roe, uh, MLM cult. And, uh, she does, um, a, a wonderful podcast life after MLM and she will be at obsessed fest with us. So she's our guest tomorrow and Friday. However, uh, I think about our consumption of these things and the, and the constant flow and the, and when looking at these perpetrators, right, the psychology that goes into like what they do. And I think that that's really what we're all looking at. Right. I think for me, and, and I love to hear what you guys think in the comments. Are you interested in hearing about these perpetrators and are interested in hearing about these cases because of the psychology that is involved and is behind the decisions they make, right? Uh, and, and what that looks like, right? Um, I think in the case of Chad Daybell, for example, and Lori Daybell or Lori Vallow Daybell, uh, the decisions that they made were absolutely catastrophic and they were based on some, I think, diluted reality that they were going to be immortalized in heaven or, or heaven on earth, or they were going to ascend to the throne and take over the world with 144,000 other people. And they were going to be the last people to survive Armageddon and et cetera, et cetera, the rapture, all of these things that play into different um, works in the Bible and et cetera, et cetera. And obviously we know that their behavior was not that of someone who is a, a, a 
person who really believes in the true kindness and good nature of religion um, or, or things of that nature. So um, they're obviously horrific human beings, but the psychology goes into that. I think about my father. So I'm talking to my therapist about this and the decisions and how I think that my anger really wasn't necessarily focused on what the crime was. My anger is focused on the, on the decisions and his lack of regard, not only for my, for, for myself, my family, my mother, of course, my mother first, the lack of regard he had for himself. (laughs) That's what I said. I I said, I said, it's much more, you know, base level. It's, it, it starts at the very bottom or the tip of the iceberg or, or the, the start of the tsunami, right. Or the origin of all of this, which is how do does someone have such little regard for their own personal well-being? And you know, and as he said, well, you know, there's that a massive degree of sociopathy, and not only sociopathy of um, uh, and a lack of regard for others, but also a lack of regard for himself. And you could call that a God complex because he thinks or that he could get away with it or he thinks that the rules don't apply to him. Uh, sure. But I do wonder if there's a modicum of self-destruction there as well. And being disconnected from your own sense of reality of what's good or bad for you and how that leads you to perpetrate that onto other people. So was that something that he was thinking or not thinking of <laughs> in that in that regard? Collier, you shifted how I consume content. I no longer wishful makeuping says Collier. Uh, you shifted how I consume content. I no longer listen to creators profiting off of victims' experiences. I was under the impression that creators always had the blessings of victims and families. And look, I'm not here to to roast, but thank you for your comment, wishful wishful uh, makeuping. Makes me think of the uh, wishful drinking, uh, which was Carrie Fisher's uh, one man show and uh, documentary. If you haven't seen it, Carrie Fisher, rest in peace. Uh, who was whose ashes were carried in a makeshift uh urn that looked like a xanax pill <laughs> most famously what well, she talks about uh that so it made me think of wishful drinking uh wishful makeuping uh thank you so much look i'm not here to to roast creators or or anyone uh and look people do need to i you know i am going to start talking about more psychology behind true crime and i will start talking about other cases because i'm interested in this but i always try to provide a victim's at the end of the day, all of this like circle back around to a victim's perspective and a family's perspective and the survivor's perspective. Uh, but we do want to know about the psychology of the criminals and the psychology of the crime. I, I, I really do. I really do think that that's important. And I'll, I, I will be discussing more of these things and interviewing people who, who think about the same things and who have been affected in the same ways as myself. Because I do feel like that is important to understand, to be able to sort of you know, separate ourselves from that. Uh, I do feel that sometimes it is hard for people to um, appropriately feel empathy for victims of true crime or violent crime or true crime or what have you. True crime, we'll just call it true crime. Uh, because it, it disconnects, it's, it's so close to home. Uh, I was speaking with a creator the other day who 
had talked about uh, his wife and him had watched uh, a Ted Bundy documentary. And this is how they got into true crime, by the way. And he does not make true crime content, but he is a true crime uh, c- content consumer. And uh, he, he was actually going to go to Obsess Fest next month or next week. And uh, he was talking about that. And he said, um, and he said uh, that they watched this, this documentary on Ted Bundy. And then his wife went around the house setting booby traps and how she was, you know, had it was instinctively afraid of like, oh, there could be a serial killer that could come in and 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 do us harm. And I think that that creates a sort of um, that sort of bifurcates how we look at or or separates us from the victims because it hits so close to home that we don't really understand. Like, we don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about like, oh, I could be a victim too. Oh, that could happen to me. I could, you know, I don't think I don't think anyone gets in the car and and gets in their car and thinks like, okay. Um, I need to be, I need to think of, uh, thank you so much for the super sticker, sticker, wishful makeuping. Court McNeil, while the psychology is interesting, <clears throat> I also feel that bearing witness to the victim's experience honors them. I absolutely agree with that, Court McNeil. Thank you so much. Wishful makeuping, thank you so much for the super sticker. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Kathleen Welsh, for your super sticker earlier as well. Uh, if anyone here, uh, Karen fan says, if anyone here hasn't watched Collier's documentary, you need to watch it. It is great. Well, thank you very much. That documentary is a murder in Mansfield. It is available in the links, uh, probably somewhere below here. You can purchase it from my store, uh, or you can watch it on investigation discovery. I don't know if it's made its way over to max because now HBO and, and discovery are all like one conglomerate. It seems like all these big, big, uh, totally off topic. Have y'all noticed like when you're going to Netflix and you're seeing shows that were very distinctly on another streaming platform and now they're on Netflix all of a sudden, like uh, the Uber, there's the uh, Uber series with Joseph Gordon-Levitt is net, was on Showtime and now it's on Netflix. Ballers, which I used to watch on HBO is now over on Netflix. Um, it's also on HBO, but I thought like, what is going on? What is going on in the world of streaming? Like what is going on in the world period? But, like the world of streaming has become very interesting to me as someone who's worked in the entertainment. Uh, sawdust here, sawdust here to love. I was telling someone that I feel like it's a double-edged sword for you, Collier. You need to talk and come to terms with the reality of your and your feelings about what you have lived with, yet need to, and I'm sure there's going to be a follow-up to this uh, as the, as the um, or maybe not, I don't know. Um, Yes, the Golden Girls was on Prime Video, and now it's on Disney Plus. Says Tina Luffman. Oh, interesting to know. Uh, I've noticed that too, Karen fan. Oh, that's so good to know. Uh, I want to go back to some of your comments because I did. This is an engaging community on the outskirts. Uh, I also have not felt anger towards my father. I've always felt I should, but I don't know why I just don't feel anything at all. I only feel sadness for the loss of having a life with parents. I would agree 100% with that. That is probably the most poignant statement. Yeah. The loss of life, of, uh, of life, of having a life with parents. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think about uh, my sisters, both of them, one who was born 12 days before my father was arrested and the other one who was you know, three years old when the um, or adopted sister was three years old when this happened. She had come into our family about six months before my mother was killed. And um, I think about 
her and now they move through their lives right and and what that's like not having those parental figures and you uh obviously my sister grew up with my father's uh, uh mistress girlfriend what have you uh and was a was a good mother as far as i understand i mean i'm sure mother-daughter relationships are complicated so i'm sure there are there are issues and she told me about many of them but i'm not here to discuss or at liberty to discuss those uh but Let's just chalk it up to like moms and daughters sometimes have issues growing up. Nothing bad. Uh, just normal, normal stuff that, you know, teenagers go through. Um, and in a very complicated situation, mind you, as well. So, uh, but I do think about them often. And uh, I am getting back to the, the point of all this, which is, again, self-destruction, destruction of, of, you know, I, I think a lot about like the Murdoch case, right? And I, I watched it. There was a video that popped up. I was talking about um, how Alec Murdoch was, oh, how he planned everything. You know, he planned the crime months ahead of time, six months ahead of time. Some creators were talking about that. And sure. And premeditation obviously was a huge factor. I think a lot of people don't realize that my father premeditated the murder of my mother. It wasn't like a crime of passion. It was all planned out. It, you know, he purchased a house, asked about lowering the basement floor, rented a jackhammer, bought the indoor outdoor carpeting, planned on building the bookshelves, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot of things that happened in preparation of that crime. I think a lot of people who had seen my film, A Murder in Mansfield, didn't quite understand that. And I knew that because I would go to, um, uh, you know, I would be traveling with the film and we would be doing screenings and people would come up to me and ask me like, hey, uh, um, you know, how long was, like, like I, I can't believe it was just like such a, it just happened so quickly. How did you know? And I was like, well, no, it, it, there was a whole this had been going on. There was a cycle of abuse. There was a cycle of, of, of all these things. And then there was this premeditation. And then my mother's sort of caveat to me, warning really of like, this could happen to me. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, again, I think when, and, and on the Oscars put so eloquently and, and, uh, the confusion and sort of the uh, cognitive dissonance between like not being angry because you don't feel anything and you don't feel because you, you know, society tells us in general that we should feel angry about these things. And this is again, what I was discussing with my therapist, Dr. Jaffe. I felt like, uh, you know, we, um, you know, society tells us that we should be really angry and we want justice and we want these things. And, and we see this obviously in true crime and how true crime play, play, plays out in the media. Um, uh, trial by media, trial by social media. We jump to conclusions on a lot of things without evidence or, or without a suspect even being in custody or without a proper trial going on or, or, or any sort of discovery being released or, or things of that nature, affidavits being released and, and, and where we can probable cause and, and things of that nature. We just kind of jump on it like, oh, they found a suspect. Let's crucify them, which happens. We see that a lot in the media. Um, you know, I had talked to a few weeks back about the Russell Brand thing, which I haven't really kept up with what's going on with that. Uh, recently, uh, doing, uh, doing Life My Way, new member. Thank you so much, new channel member. Welcome aboard. Mover Nation welcomes you. Mover Nation welcomes you, yeah. Sometimes you got to sing, right? Sing, sing, sing. Oh, boy. Uh, there was a, a lot of people jumped on it. Well, the, you know, this is trial by media. 
such a there were like text messages and things that came out in the media that came out in these documentaries that came out and admissions of his own and live radio shows of him talking about this and and all kinds of things that came to light that people had been ignoring or turning a blind eye to in the case of the BBC. That was a little bit different. Like there was a track record there. You know, that's different than somebody being arrested for something and not having evidence. Um, obviously, people are not arrested very often, at least for not having evidence. But that was one of those things that trial by media. Well, yeah, but there was a, there was a lot of there was a lot of history in the media and his own content that he created that showed this. Um, but yes, Tina Luffman says, Travis, yes, you caught that. Sing, 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 sing. I think my favorite part of, of show of when that came, uh, of when I heard that song, I'd already heard the song many times before, but it was in the office, the American office when Pam and, um, uh, God, what, what was John Krasinski's name? Jim, thank you. Jim and Pam were getting married and they were playing back this whole like montage of their relationship on the show. It was really, really cute and sweet. I think that was one of those things that really, uh, that really, <laughs> uh, that when I think of the song uh, Sing by Travis, I thought, oh, okay. So uh, that's so cool. You saw them live. Fabulous Harry Potter's beard. Um, <laughs> but as you're saying now, Collier Sawdust, says here to love sawdust here to love says but as you were saying now collier all the trauma led to the very special person you are now and colored your world thank you very much yeah i've said many times on this program i have said many times on interviews i will continue to say this despite all the pain and the challenges and the difficulties that all of this created for me personally like i think that I would prefer them not to have caused pain to my family or friends, but for me personally, just to make it all about me for a moment, because it's way more about me than me. But in my experience, I wouldn't change a thing because it has made me the person that I am today. And I genuinely like that person. I mean, some days I have them where I'm like, oh, you know, but no, I genuinely, honestly, I genuinely like, appreciate, and um, feel good about the person that I've become, and of course, what I'm doing here and the community that we're engaging in, right? So back to my therapy session with Dr. Jaffe. And, you know, we, uh, uh, well, thank you so much. Doing life my way, it is about you, yes. Uh, and I enjoy the psychology, but I also think it makes people more aware of their surroundings in a way. What's very funny you say that, Jen DeSemio, is, uh, is, um, very interestingly enough, my father used to write to me in letters and I, I'll, I'm going to be doing a letter too, uh, uh, very soon. Um, my father, uh, would talk about situ situational awareness and like being aware of your surroundings and take care and stuff. And, and I, f I always felt like that was a way of him manipulating me. Like, Oh, watch out. Like people are coming to get you. And it's like, well, you're the one that tried to get me, buddy. But you know, and, I, and I'm somebody who does, I do not, uh, I'm someone, obviously for those of you who follow the show for a long time, et cetera, I do feel like uh, people, uh, you know, we can't live, we can't live in a world where we're paranoid all the time or we're constantly like being hypervigilant is exhausting. It really is. Hypervigilance is exhausting um, to try to, to be on the lookout for all these things for the boogeyman, I like to call it in a lot of ways. Uh, 
it is, it's exhausting, man. It's, um, you know, uh, Paula Roberts Collier, sometimes survivors feel will be shunned if people know what we've been through and guess what they do. Ha. Huh. Yeah, that is very true. Um, Paula and look, and, and, um, just because I am out here sharing my story and sharing my thoughts uh, here publicly does not mean that's right for anyone, uh, for everyone. Um, I, I just choose to do it. This is my sort of thing that I do, right? Um, uh, and, you know, even though I was dreading doing the live today in a lot of ways, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I just, I'm not feeling good about things. I'm also not feeling very good as well, but that's a whole other story. Uh, I, I am... Um, I'm glad that I'm here and that we're talking about this and that we're all engaging as a community because this is what this is. But yes, I respect what you're saying, Paula. And, and yeah, people, um, I find that to be the saddest, the saddest thing for people, especially people who, um, have been, been um, have been, uh, uh, through trauma of a different nature and, um, taken advantage of in ways, uh, romantically or not romantically or um, suffered uh, mistreatment as children by um, uh, adult figures. I'm circling around these things for YouTube, but I think we all know what we're getting at. But uh, oftentimes those people can be shunned by their community, unfortunately, and that's a really, really, really bad thing. Um, it is becoming more and more um, fashionable to talk about these things and accept these types of things because they do happen. They're not going to turn a blind eye to it does not necessarily make it go away. <laughs> That's for sure. And discussing these things obviously raises people's awareness of it. Um, Court McNeil says, uh, I agree, Jen, what I've learned from true crime saved my bacon from being assaulted from someone who snuck into my building. Perhaps that's why women are so drawn to it. I would absolutely agree with that. And first of all, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Court McNeil is terrible. Uh, uh, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I, I agree that I think that women do want to learn and do want to, and people want to learn of things to look out for. Again, like, you know, you got to toe the line between the hypervigilance, right? I mean, there's many things that I've learned. There was a, there was a great, and I'll, I'll get to on the outskirts in a second. Uh, there was a, a thing that I had watched about someone programming on Apple iPhones. You can program shortcuts to do certain things. And I still have yet to do this. Actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I have done this. I've yet to test it out. Uh, but you can program a shortcut if you think you're being followed and you can press the shortcut or say something into the phone and it will start recording. There was a great video that went around on TikTok where if for people that were feeling unsafe in like an Uber or they felt like they might be in a situation where they're in danger, they pretend to call a friend and they have a pre-recorded conversation with the friend that they're on the phone with or they're doing the FaceTime app uh, or video call with to, to remind the people and look, you know, Snapchat is one of the reasons why, um, well, both the Murdoch cases and obviously this case in the Delphi cases, uh, Snapchat having a record of certain things, um, has definitely brought or, or will hopefully bring justice for the victims, at least in the case of the Delphi murders. Um, but uh, it, it definitely brought uh, justice in the Murdoch case as well uh, because they were able to pull uh, those videos um, from Paul's iPhone. Um, uh, 
on the outskirts, I'm really sorry that you experienced that. I get told that I'm lying too. I had people who had seen my story on the channel and said I was lying. And somebody very astutely pointed out, there's video of this. Like you see him testifying in court, right? <laughs> so people will accuse all kinds of people for doing these things. Um, yeah, it's just, it's the nature of the keyboard warriors. I have a lot of friends right now that are learning about the, or keyboard cowboys, as a lot of people say. I have a lot of friends that are learning about this um, in not a fun way, that people will just hide behind screens and say some of the most horrific stuff. And it happens to me all the time. It happens to Tara all the time. Uh, it's really, um, it's really unfortunate. Uh, it's unfortunate what people, the battles that people choose to wage with you for absolutely no good reason. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, I think this is a great point. Wishful makeup being, uh, on the outskirts, people cannot fathom atrocities that happen in every day around them. Uh, old lady Snoop rats STS went too long. They were, she's talking about surviving the survivor and channel friend of the show. Uh, they went too long and I have to watch your replay. <laughs> okay. Good to see you as well. Uh, old lady Snoop. I love the acronyms, by the way. I'm a big fan of the acronyms. Uh, Oh, by the way, uh, I am going to be, for those of you that live in Montecito, I'm going to be on Good Life Television tomorrow. So I have to drive up to Montecito, which is going to affect our live tomorrow because I have an interview at noon. I think it's going to be live on television. Uh, it might not be. Maybe they do a replay, but they're going to play it five days in a row. If you're in the Montecito area and you get local television, I will be on the Good Life show. I believe that's what it's called. <laughs> I will share it too. It will be on YouTube and I will share it. I'll put it on my channel so you guys can check it out. Um, uh, it, it's a, it seems to be a very, a very wholesome show. I think there's a, um, I think uh, there's a Christian element to the show for sure. Um, I'm not particularly religious as a lot of you know, not that I, not that I think that's a bad thing. I, I just am not particularly uh, religious. I do believe in a higher power. Just don't know what that higher power looks like, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be good to, it'll be good to participate and engage in a conversation. It's a very positive impact show. I had a friend who was on the show and she's like, you gotta go do it. So I'm going to, uh, cruise up to Montecito tomorrow, which is just South of Santa Barbara. I guess where Oprah Winfrey lives and other famous celebrities and they will be, uh, they will not be at the show, but, uh, it'll be good. It looks like they have a nice little set too. I'm, I'm a cinematographer, so I like nice lighting and, and pretty pictures and things. So, uh, and I guess the guy films it in his house in his backyard. So I can't wait to see what his house looks like because, uh, it looks fabulous. The setup, that's for sure. Uh, call your Landry, any plans to travel to the St. Louis area? Not right now. Um, I don't have any plans. Uh, Tara Newell and I are talking about in the new year doing some shows, uh, because we have been, um, we have been traveling around a lot. We did crime con. We are doing obsessed facts next week. We did true crime and paranormal podcast festival the end of august in austin and we were quite enjoying that but we do want to travel around and do that i'd love to do shows i'd love to be on that um yanina cueva says bailar siempre ayuda y sentirse mejor ha 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 well uh yeah you should always dance <laughs> but um and take care yeah 
I think that's what that means, right? My my Spanish is oh, my Spanish is, uh, is something that's something that I uh, I I miss very much, <laughs> for sure. One of those things, maybe over the Christmas holidays, I'll start brushing uh, I'll start uh, brushing up on uh, the Espanol for sure because I need to. Uh, yes, I love to meet you as well. I love to meet all of you. Um, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about that. So there will be no live tomorrow. Back to my therapy session uh, <laughs> with Dr. Jaffe. Uh, it concluded with, uh, you know, we're going to continue with therapy sessions. And, and I, you know, I was such a big advocate on it. And it was just so shocking to me when I reached out with him, um, when I reached out to him about this, uh, this friend, because I thought, I have not been in therapy for, I have, I, I mean, I, I have done other therapy sessions with other, with other, um, uh, with other mental health professionals as well. But I realized that like, I hadn't seen him in a while and he had known my story and I have been with him for years. So I just thought that was just a really major oversight, but I'm excited to get back into therapy for sure. Uh, Lil Patty, I live in Southern California in the Los Angeles area and I, I love living in this area very much so, <laughs> absolutely. But I, uh, I definitely do not enjoy. <laughs> I definitely do not enjoy um, uh, the traffic so much. <laughs> uh, I, I was talking about getting a PO box, and and um, someone suggested uh, you should get one. Uh, you know, not where, not close to where you live. I thought, well, you know, you know, LA traffic to drive all the way across town to pick up mail just sounds like a drag to me. <laughs> LA traffic is terrible. Uh, thank you so much, Beck. I really appreciate it. She says, good luck to you. And um, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Yamina Cueva. I'm, I'm, I'm glad my, sp my Spanish is okay, is acceptable. And yes, Therapy, going back to therapy, uh, hacer, hacer terapia es bueno también. Es verdad. Claro que sí. Claro que sí. I guess therapy is a very, is very big in uh, Argentinian culture. I did not realize that until I watched Anthony Bourdain's episode. Uh, you know, rest in peace. What an amazing, um, what an amazing person to watch. Uh, the world is, man. The world's been at a loss since he since he left us. That's for sure. Um, he just had such a zest for life. Sometimes you watch people that you're like, "Hey, that person is doing exactly what they love doing, and that and that makes me happy." And I love seeing them being so engaged. It's it's incredible. It's really really incredible. Jen <laughs> Jen Desemio, yes, everyone is brave behind their keyboard. Uh, judgment these people show is just terrible. There needs to be more empathy. Yeah, and I hope that having these conversations does engage people in more empathy for sure. Because this is a uh, this is something that is really very necessary. Very necessary. Old lady Snoop says, "Yes, get a PO box so we can send you little funny, stupid things in the mail that make you smile. So make you smile." Well, thank you so much. I will do that this week. I promise. I'm on it. Uh, I can't imagine my week without therapy, Burning Queen. Uh, I can't imagine my week without therapy. It still shocks me at the stigma. I know what I need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, it's all about the routine. So for, you know, and I know a lot of people, you, know, you gravitate to my channel because you've been through certain things, unfortunately, in your life. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you find solace in my content. But, um, you know, 
again, this getting into routines, being in that routine when you're a trauma survivor is so crucial. It's so crucial. Uh, when I get out of my routine, when I slip, when I slip out of this, it is just really, um, it is really, really bad. Uh, thank you so much, Danielle Tamaro, and good to see you, Danielle Tamaro. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself and your mental health. Well, thank you. Yes, I try to. I try to. Uh, wild, wild light arts. Some understand, uh, but work so hard hiding, hiding trauma. They experience that they do not want to listen. Yeah, for sure. It is not an easy thing to talk about. And I don't think for, for years, I think a lot of people, and I think somebody hit it on the, the, the nail on the head earlier when talking about it, because I think that there's a level of acceptance when you're talking about trauma or you're talking about your own personal struggles. And there's also this guilt and shame factor that comes into it. And also the, the burden factor for me, that was a big thing. I didn't like talking about my story or telling anyone about my story. Cause I didn't want to be the Debbie downer. I didn't want to be the, the, the negative guy that's like, Oh yeah, by the way, you know, cause it would always come up at like parties <laughs> especially around the holidays because my mother was killed on new year's Eve. And so always the holidays are always horrible for me. And, uh, um, unfortunately they're just, um, they're just kind of a downer. Um, it's a dark time. It's the darkest time of the year in terms of sunlight. So that doesn't make me happy. And then there's a lot of this. So holidays really sort of play into my whole, uh, my whole sort of trauma history. But I, uh, uh, yeah, people would ask me during the holidays during and, and want to talk about everything. And I'd be like, oh man, this is just, this is rough. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that drags everybody down. Everybody's having a good time. It's the holidays. They're eating food. They're drinking, eat, drink, be merry. Like, I don't want to be that guy that does that. That's just the worst. Terrible, terrible. Uh, Tam Jules, people who do not have trauma really have no idea what it is and have no idea how much it affects us in our daily life in our everyday life and there is a barrier of understanding that only survivors get uh only other survivors get automatically yeah absolutely i i completely agree with that uh doing life my way call your did you ever write a book an autobiography i have not but i'm working on it absolutely and i'll be doing a gofundme to help with that one thing that can help is to make the bed each day so go joe Interesting you say that. That is literally the thing I do every day. Every morning I get up and I make my bed. That was something my mother taught me. That is something that I do on a daily basis. It sets the tone for your day. And also something that sets the tone for my day is getting up and just getting out of bed. Uh, I, I, and, you know, like last night I didn't go. To, I'm designing t-shirts. I've made these amazing Ken and Barbie, true crime Ken and Barbie t-shirts for obsessed fest for Tara and I, and we will be selling them. I will be selling them on the website. Uh, but I was up late designing them to like three in the morning. I had to be up at eight or seven 30 to get on a call and deal with stuff. And then, uh, content creation and then lives and obviously here and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, but one of the things that I've learned is get up, get out of bed, put your feet on the floor, go about your day, laying in bed again, the laying in the bed, checking the phone, doing the doom scrolling. Oh no, what's going on? Um, uh, oh, there we go. Oh, there is a wind warning. I have been told, well, there's a wind warning in Santa Monica, but apparently in Santa Barbara, there's a high wind warning and uh, we may not be filming my show. 
tomorrow. That's wild. Uh, this will let me know at 9.30. They'll text me at 9.30 to confirm. I was planning on leaving before 9.30 because I didn't want to sit in traffic. But hey, there you go. It all works out the way it's supposed to, right? Um, Mover Nation, we got through another episode. Uh, I um, I got to tell you, uh, I'm so glad I did this. I was toying with this thing. Oh, do I want to cancel? I don't. Want, I never want to cancel on you guys. I feel guilty about it. I don't. I want to be here for you guys uh, because you're my community. We are building something that is very cool, and we are engaging in really great conversations. If you look in the the in the comments, you guys engaging with one another. It's and I'm trying to pay more attention to them, not because they're directed at me, but I love seeing you guys support one another. It's something that's very very cool, and uh, and in this content and that it's provoking thought and that you guys are supporting one another. It goes behind the scenes and my Patreons every, every week, uh, I'm sorry, every month I do live meet and greets. If you join my Patreon or if you join my channel members here on YouTube, I do live meet and greets where we get to engage right like we are now, but you guys all get to talk and guess what happens during those live meet and greets. It's never call you're sitting up here pontificating, sharing stories. I mean, you guys do get to ask me questions and that's great, but you guys just engage with one another and I kind of just sit back and I just listen. And it's really wonderful uh, because uh, I can't help but feel responsible for engaging a community. Uh, and we have some regulars that show up every month. Kathleen Welsh is one of them uh, that shows up. Danielle Tamaro. Uh, there, there are lots of you that are, are members that, um, and you guys engage and you guys support one another uh, on the outskirts. You show up, uh, you guys engage and support one another. It's really, really cool. Tons of others. Court McNeil is one of them. Uh, you guys all engage and it's really very cool. Sarah Holman as well. <laughs> uh, many people. Um, and I really, really want, so the next live, just so you know, will be on October 29th which is a Sunday. I believe it's October 29th. It's the last Sunday of the month. I'm just going to structure them last Sunday of the month. Really easy to remember and needs to be easy to remember for me. Last Sundays of the month, we might do a costume contest. I said I was going to do that last year, but I never really did. Should do a costume contest. That would be kind of fun. But uh, mark it on your calendars. It will be 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I do it through Google Meet. Um, and there's a link. You click it. It's just like Zoom. It's the same thing. It's just the Google version of it. And it's great. And uh, you guys get to engage with one another and see each other face to face and and go back and forth. And it's 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 actually very wonderful. Uh, Mover Nation, we got through another one. We'll see tomorrow if I end up going up north. And if I don't go up north, uh, and even if I do, I'm going to try to do a live of some sorts. It just might be from the phone. But uh, so let's plan on seeing each other tomorrow, three uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific. Love all of you so much. Thank you for coming here and participating and engaging in this community. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. On that note, I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Trauma. Thanks, y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. For exclusive content around this podcast, please consider supporting me via Patreon by going to collierlandry.com forward slash support. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please leave us a five-star review. If you want to see video episodes of this podcast, please check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Collier Landry. You can find links to additional resources in the show notes of today's episode. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio. Copyright Collier Landry.